Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to All-22 Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Curtis. Uh, today, we dive deep into college football. We talk about which coaches, uh, particularly young coaches in college football, are most likely to win two national titles by the end of the decade. Shout out to James Franklin at Penn State. Uh, we also do our post-spring top 25, even though there was no spring football. So we look ahead to the next season that hopefully will get underway uh, in September. We had a few technical issues in here in some spots, so please forgive us for that. We're working on improving our equipment. Um, and if you like the podcast, be sure to uh, follow us on Spotify uh, and uh, share it with your friends, family on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, hope you enjoy the show. Uh, let's just go ahead and dive right into it, man. Today's show, we're focusing uh, a whole lot more on college football. Last week, we were talking about NFL, obviously with the draft and whatnot coming up. Uh, this week, we want to do a deep dive into to the college game. Uh, so we got our post-spring top 25. We're going to roll out. Obviously, that's a little bit different uh, since mm-hmm. there's no spring football. Um, but, you know, live and learn. And obviously, this assumes, right, that uh, we're going to have college football this season. Um, the way things are moving, it kind of looks like it, even if it's not in the best interest of people. Um, I just I don't see this billion dollar corporation shutting down um, when they're already pushing to to open so many other things. But you know, I want to make this a political political podcast. But um, so we'll talk a little post spring top twenty five. Uh, we want to start out with just thinking about the college game, basketball, football, but especially football is just so coach oriented. You know, if you got a great head coach, you know, you can contend for a national title. Uh, if you don't, you know, good luck with that. It's probably not really possible. Um, in the college game right now, you know, the greatest of all time, I think, probably, you know, might be the greatest mm-hmm. coach of all time is Nick Saban. Yeah. Um, you know, Nicholas Lou Saban. But, uh, you know, Ed Orgeron just got his first title at, U- at USC, at LSU. Um, and so it begs the question, actually, I was thinking and reading some stuff earlier, um, just about some of the younger coaches who are coming up in the game. Um, you know, Scott Satterfield at Louisville comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Norville of Florida State. Um, and quite honestly, I think out of active coaches, there are only a handful of one national titles. So you got Nick Saban uh, with multiple titles. You got Ed Orgeron, who just won his. Um, that's about all I can think of right now. I know there's a whole lot more, um, and I'll pull that list up. But the question for this pod is which coaches uh, who don't currently have a national title have the best chance to end this decade with more than two. Not just who have a chance to win a national title, but who have a chance to end this decade with more than two. Kelly, more I'm going to let you take that one first. Um, all right, so which coach, which coach has the opportunity to win more than two titles? Um, coach or coaches. And let me qualify this, actually. And I, like, because when I did my list, I thought about, you know, Saban's getting up there in age. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Urban Meyer is outside of football right now. He might come back to college football. I, he's going to go back to coaching. I don't buy that he's retired. I just think he might try his hand at the NFL. He seems like, you know, the kind of guy who wants to try his hand at the NFL. I'm not sure he'll be any good because he's too much of a control freak. Um, but, you know, I don't necessarily see him coming back to the college game. So, um, but out, out of that, out of that, with all that sort of context and the guy who's dominated the game the last decade, you know, getting to his 70s, mm-hmm. you know, who do you think? Or, or, you know, what coaches, plural, if, if you think so, uh, might find themselves at the top of that list at the end of – in 2030? Um, I, I, we 
because I saw your list, we agree. Um, I kind of added one guy. Um, of course, I think LSU, man, they, they, they got the ball rolling last year. They had a, you know, a, a, a magical year. But when you have that, you know, a year that great, I don't think – I don't think you're going to stop there. Like, I mean, they may not go back-to-back, but now he has recruiting rolling. Um, he finally got over the Alabama hump. You know, he's – you know, he can easily – LSU was already a top five. Huh? No, I was saying he finally yeah, got over L- the Alabama hump. That took yeah. quite a while. Yeah, finally. <laughs> LSU is LSU is already a top five, um, you know, perennial recruiting class every single year. So that wasn't a problem. It's just they never had a quarterback. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wouldn't even say they didn't have a quarterback. I'll say they didn't have uh, a capable QB coach or OC or whatever that great combination was to develop a good quarterback. So I don't think that's just going to, you know, tank. So I, I definitely think – Ed Orgeron is going to get another one. Uh, but I also think, you know, another guy in the NFC – not in, in – I'm talking about NFC <laughs> – SEC. Uh, I think another guy in the SEC West, Gus Malzahn, I feel like Bo Nix was – had unrealistic expectations last year. And – but I think he's going to be good. And you have to think about, okay, Nick Saban – Nick Saban is going to retire soon. So you're thinking Alabama is going to take a step back. Um, so you have – now you're going to be comp- competing with LSU in the West because I'm still not a believer in Texas A&M. So that's just me. But, you know oh, – It's, it's coming this L- year, man. No, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that has nothing against – we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> but um, so LSU – uh, well, Ed Orgeron is going to get another one, I believe. So that'll give him two, technically, this decade. Uh, I think Gus has a chance. Um, we talked about um, – I think you and I both really like Franklin. Um, he was kind of a kind of a lone shot because, you know, we're both FSU fans. He was the lone shot to get to FSU. I think he was using them as leverage to get his money, get that extension. I don't think he was – ever going to come this year but I believe nah. he would have gone you know to well, whenever Taggart was hired they should have gone out to him then they should have uh, that was the mistake <laughs> that was the mistake because I think he would have left I mean you 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 go from competing with Ohio State Michigan at the time was a little bit um uh, you know thought <laughs> you know thought of a little bit better than Penn State um you could have went to the ACC and competed with one other team, <laughs> and that's Clemson. But, you know, whatever. So, I think even, even if he stays in the Big Ten, I honestly think just one year, because one year he's going to beat Ohio State, Michigan, and just he's going to have that opportunity. He's going to get his team an opportunity to be in the college football playoff. He just has some bad luck because the games they've lost – yeah, they should have won to yeah. propel them to that next level. You know, they 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 beat Ohio State by I think by four on a block field goal a couple of years ago. The next year, Saquon and McSorley and those boys had them up big, and they just kind of choked. You know, those games are close every year. So I, I and I honestly think he'll get them one. And my other one is 
uh, and this is not <laughs> this is not only when I saw you put this um, on the outline, I was like, man, I, I was thinking the same thing. This is not just because I'm a Florida State fan. Like yeah. I, tr- I truly believe. Okay, you didn't Bob Stoops. I didn't want Bob Stoops. He's seventy. <laughs> oh no. Okay, yeah, time is fast. Exactly, James Franklin. You, I knew you weren't going to get them, get him. So I'm thinking, okay, you have Matt Campbell at Iowa State. It's like, eh, not kind of, not the coach you need there right now. You don't need just a hype guy. You need a guy who is with that's one literally everywhere and kind of a younger guy too. Matt, not saying Matt Campbell is old, but Mike Norvell was the perfect fit for Florida State for where they are now. And people, people, we always see Memphis in the top 20, you know, may creep into top 15. They're always in the top 20, top 25. So they're always winning 10, 11 games. I don't care what conference you play in. If you're winning 10, 11 games, you're pretty good football. It's good football. Exactly. And not to mention, he's putting guys in the league. More, more players got drafted from Memphis this year than Florida State last year. Yeah, that's the underrated <laughs> aspect. Is that, so he's developing players. Half, not half, uh, about a quarter of his staff or people that he's worked with. He only hired people that he's worked with to come aboard uh, with him to Florida State. I think Tagger kind of messed up. He was trying to hire some guys, you know, that he never worked with. Uh, that's an under that's an underrated as, aspect of coaching. Like hire guys you work with that you're familiar with, you know you can trust them. All right, Mike Norvell. I'm not saying they're going to win it this year. Not saying that. Um, I do expect I, they won six games last year. They were six and seven. Hiring Mike Norvell just because of the attention to detail, the 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 in game coaching situations, the development of special teams. I think they win eight games next year. You know. Um, that, and that's I mean, all that all it's that the is. ACC, is, they better it, it, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna lose against Clemson. You're gonna lose against Florida, possibly. All right. Every, the rivalry game against Miami is a toss up. Every other game, you're not completely outmatched. You're just completely outmatched on those two games. And as far as talent, you're not even completely outmatched. It's just a psychological thing. So. I think I think Norvell really has a shot, especially to win his first title. I'm saying within the first five years, and like I said, simply because yeah. you're in the ACC, and you think about that guy in Tuscaloosa may retire. Hey, who who are they going to call first? <laughs> They're going to call Dabo Sweeney, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, so. I mean that Dabo was gone to Alabama whenever Nick leaves, and I know nobody wants to admit it, and everybody's writing these stories about oh he's you know, so happy and settled at Clemson. And, yeah, you're, yeah, okay. you're happy and settled where <laughs> you're at. One of the greatest of all time is at your alma mater. But mm-hmm. he's won two national titles at Clemson. He's proved himself as one of the best coaches in the game. He's still relatively young, way younger than Nick Saban. Um, and, and you know what? Dabble knows this, too, what I'm about to say, is it doesn't matter. He can win six national titles at Clemson. Yep. It doesn't matter what he wins at Clemson. It's not going to compare to who and what he'll be from a legacy perspective if he does it at Alabama. Yep. And so, honestly, he can win, he can win four more national titles at Clemson. It's not going to compare to going to Alabama and winning two or three. And nope. so, it's not going to compare to going to Alabama and winning one. It's Alabama. Clemson, Clemson is great. They're a great program. He's a great head coach. He can stay at Clemson in the next 20 years and win five national titles. Clemson is never going to be Alabama. 
They're just not. Never. And and and, and, and it's kind of like the it's kind of the argument where um you know the 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 this another we're switching the NBA a little bit. There's a LeBron argument. So he could have oh won goodness. he could have won six in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> that one in Cleveland was more impressive than any championship he would ever win. 100%. If he'd have won it, if he would have won it this year, that one in Cleveland against the team because he went back home against the who surrounded him, and that's the same thing with Clemson. Like, yes, you made Clemson to the power powerhouse they are today, but it's the it's the SEC, <laughs> it's Alabama. It's like if Kirby wins one in Georgia, oh man, he's a legend. Legend. <laughs> he's a legend man and all he need to do all he needs to do is win one that's it <laughs> but yeah I, I i i completely agree with that yeah i mean it, you just really can't compare and uh active head coaches with national titles obviously nick saban alabama devil swing at clemson uh jimbo at a&m or at lsu mac brown at uh, north carolina and i forget about les miles over in the middle of nowhere in uh yep. in lawrence kansas obviously he wanted lsu um, we had the same list pretty much. Uh, my obvious one here was Ed Orgeron. Uh, he already got one this decade. Although I don't know for historic for his historical purposes, maybe we'll count that as 2019. 19. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's technically 2019. Yeah. So maybe not. But either way, I think I keep him here. Um, just because you know he he's found a way I think to figure out the offensive side of the ball, not even offensive side of the ball, the quarterback position, like you said. They're That's always going to have elite skill players. Always. They're always going to have elite offensive linemen, to be totally honest. Um, you, you only need to be a competent coach to be competitive at LSU. Because yes. you live in, honestly, I think yeah. what might be the most fertile recruiting ground there is. Like, there are only a handful of states, I think, where you could cre- recruit only within your state and compete for national titles every year. And Louisiana yeah. is one of those. Yep, and I mean, obviously, you got you know Georgia, Florida, Cali, uh, Texas. People, I think LSU, LSU, like they slick have it the best because you have you can. I would say what Louisiana is the fifth or sixth best um, talent as far as uh, the states because you got the four. You have you know Georgia, Florida. Cali, those, Georgia, Florida, Cali, and Texas. Those are your four, no matter how how. <laughs> you talking per capita, or, or huh? I, I, let me put it this way: if, well, per capita, I, I, well, Georgia is if if you're doing per capita, Georgia is probably Georgia is the most talented football yeah. state in the country. Yeah, yeah. Texas and California are just bigger. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I'm I'm just saying like I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm going by like four and five stars. I'm that's, that's what I'm, I'm going by. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when when I have that argument too, I'm like, you gotta think about per capita. Georgia is not big. <laughs> Georgia is not big, and not we're, compared we're, to them too. Yeah, we're producing, you know, the same like a little less, you know, four or five stars. But you would say like, you know, you have Ohio, Alabama, and Louisiana kind of fighting for five, six, seven. So, but they can stay in state, but they they recruit Houston, man. They recruit Houston is up the yeah. street. Yeah. So you're recruiting Texas and you're in state with Louisiana, man, they, they that's a hotbed. So they would never have a talent problem. 
They just always had a quarterback problem. Yeah. Quarterback development problem. Well, LSU should win at least one national championship every decade. And they, they've done that so far this century. You know, they're going to win at least another one just by virtue of it being LSU. Um, and, I, and I think Orgeron has developed into, a, into one of the top coaches in, in, in Power Five conferences, which I think we don't get a chance to see often because coaches don't get enough of an opportunity, I think. Um, I mean, imagine if Clemson had pulled the rug on Dabble Sweeney. His first few years there were not that, that impressive. And a lot of other Power Five programs in that position would have fired him after they, after they got 70 points hung on them in the Orange Bowl against West Virginia. So, you know, this profession is like any other profession. If you're a hot shot, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, whatever, uh, special, whatever you come from, it takes a while for you to really get your legs under you. So um, I think Orgeron has developed into one of the top tiers. It's interesting you mentioned Gus Malzahn because I like Gus, and I, I think he should be more of an obvious choice here than Ed because of his offensive prowess. And he's always going to be able to develop a quarterback, which is why I'm interested to see, you know, how much Bo Nix improves this year. The, the, the challenge with me for Gus is I, I have yet to see them get over these, this invisible hump. And I call it invisible because I, I can't qualify it. I can't put my nose on it because sometimes they go out and they beat Alabama yeah. and, and, they, and, and they beat Florida, but then they lose to A&M or they beat LSU and they lose to Mississippi State. Like, I, I can't put my finger on it. But – and Gus seems to be on this perpetual hot seat, and they go out and win 9, 10, or 11 games. And it's like, all right, we're going to keep Gus. Now, I think it's smart because they're not going to find a coach better than Gus Malzahn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I commend their athletic department for sticking with them. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think I, – I do think this year Gus has to make – a little bit of a hump. And that's going to be really difficult because that schedule is, is ridiculous. And that's part of the problem is their schedule is always going to be ridiculous because they're in the SEC West. But at the same time, at a, at a certain point, you can't continue to excuse that because LSU and yeah. Alabama keep winning national titles. And so uh, th- that's, that's my issue with Gus Malzahn. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same. Like, they do have this, this hump they need to get over. Um, it's just – when you <laughs> when you're counting Auburn out, they come out of nowhere, and it just it just happens. That's why I'm like, it, it, I don't know, it's something missing, and he can just get it. Then that team is going to be clicking, and it might happen when, like I said, the guy the guy in Tuscaloosa is not going to be around the entire decade. So I'm putting that you know into the equation as well, and. And 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 that's why, like you said, he's always going to have a, a pretty good quarterback because he because of the offense he runs. He knows to develop the quarterback. Always going to have a good running game. Always going to have a good defensive line. <laughs> that's how you win football games. And the problem is, it's it's not only the SEC West. You also got to play Georgia every year. So. LSU doesn't LSU doesn't cross with Georgia every year. Yeah. Alabama doesn't cross. Alabama crosses with Tennessee. Yeah. That's you know, a huge problem for them. Exactly. Auburn crosses with Florida, but typically they're kind of neck and neck. Typically for the last decade, I think Auburn has been a little bit better than Florida. So um that's but that's Auburn's problem. If they the year they did beat Georgia, they had to see them back in the SEC championship game. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> so, hard to beat a football team twice. It's hard. So, 
Um, I, I, I understand why you don't have them on there. I just think, like, one, it's just bound to happen. That's what I think. You know, to that end, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, um, if it's going to happen, I'm not going to say it's going to happen this year, but yeah. this is going to be one of Gus's better years to help get it done. Um, because the non-conference schedule is pretty manageable. They do get North Carolina and Atlanta, which I think is going to be a, a much closer game than anybody's anticipating. But they go at Georgia. But they go at Georgia a week after playing Kentucky um, and the week before that Southern Miss. So they got time to prepare. But they get Texas A&M at home. They get LSU at home. And then the Iron Bowl is at, at, at Alabama. But, you know, the combination – You never know what that game. You never know. Um, and I'm, I'm looking to see how much of a leap Bo Nix makes yeah. because I, I think there's a good track record with Gus when it comes to second-year quarterbacks. Um, I agree with you. I, I like Gus. I just I need to I need to see it at some point. Like, I feel you. <laughs> like I I I need I, I need y'all to go eleven and one, and and if it's gonna happen, I think within the next couple of years, this is the year to do it. The other thing is, I think a lot of this stuff is contingent upon Nick Saban retiring, which which it, it is. <laughs> It is, man. Which seems because to be the origin of college football right now, especially the SEC. We've listed three teams, and it's, you know, they're all contingent on saving retirement. Because even, even if you, you, you think about Clemson, Clemson, okay, they may see, you know, Alabama part, what, five, six <laughs> in a college football playoff. Okay, they're thinking about Alabama in the back of their minds. Auburn has to play them every year. LSU yeah. has to play them every year. So, you know, Texas A&M, we're going to talk about them, has to play them. They, they have to play them every year. So, you know, it's, everything's contingent on the GOAT retiring. <laughs> yeah, I think you got a few more years left in them, but I, I don't see him last until 2030, obviously. I think um, – No. Which, you know, I'm not even sure what he would do with his life when he's done coaching football, but we can get into that a little bit later. But um, – I think Miss Terry gonna pull him back into the house and have him chill out for a little bit. Um, yeah. Soon enough. So, uh, the other guy on my list, I had, I had two more. The other guy is uh, James Franklin at Penn State, like you mentioned. I'm a huge James Franklin fan. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think I saw some tweet actually of some person. I don't remember his name. I'm not gonna give him any credit. But who um, said, "Oh, you know, we definitely can't endanger students. You know, so you can, you know, go to the Citrus Bowl." I was just like, you know, first of all. You didn't read the article. James was talking about it's not safe to play football. Students aren't going to be back. But second of all, and this is this guy is a sports reporter, and you just don't know sports. Like, yeah. James Franklin, first two years at Penn State, seven wins each. Since then, 11-3, and 11-2, 9-4, 11-2. And and this guy has to play Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State every, every year. year. Every year. And every he's year. won 11 games three of the past four years. The year he didn't win 11 games, he went 9-4. and four. First, you don't know what you're talking about, dude. Second of all, James Franklin went six and seven, nine and four, nine and four at Vanderbilt. This yeah. guy's one of the best coaches in the country. Period. The guy won nine games at Vanderbilt. Nine games, two years in a row. And beat Georgia, I think, I think two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. I know he beat him one time, uh, beat Tennessee. Every, every SEC team he beat, aside from you know, maybe if he played, you know, no. Back then, every every SEC team he beat was more talented than Vanderbilt. Every one. Oh, absolutely, by far. Every single one. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's ever a game where they line up and and they're equally talented against any team in the SEC, even Kentucky. No. 
Nope. Nope. They're probably bottom of the they're bottom in the rankings in that recruiting class as far as conference every year. And do one nine games. <laughs> nine doing nine games. games. And and I know they beat Georgia in twenty thirteen. Um and then they now they got whooped on the year before. But uh yeah, James Franklin is that guy. I think the biggest thing is for me is whether or not he does – he's going to win the national title this decade. Um, I would go to Caesars Palace and put, you know, a couple hundred dollars on that. You know, if I were a betting man, I'm not. Shout out to Michael. <laughs> but um, is, it, it's a matter of whether or not he does it at Penn State or at USC, I think. Uh, and if I were – I don't know. I think Lynn Swan is no longer the AD at USC. He's not. Probably because he didn't hire James Franklin. Um, but I would I would have got rid of Clay Hilton and bought James in this past offseason. I guess USC likes winning eight eight or nine games a year now. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> that should never happen at USC. USC should win at least ten games every year. Every single and, year. You know, if you rebuild every six or seven years, because you know the, the good coaches do that. Urban Meyer went five and seven not too long ago. That's cool. But out of ten years, out of a decade, USC should win ten games, eight seasons. Yeah. Period. No. Yeah. Um. And, and so it's just a matter – it's going to come around because Clay Hilton's not a top-tier coach. Now, I know I just said that after I got done saying, hey, coaches need time to develop. I, there just hasn't been enough, enough progression. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to say. You know, and you don't even – you don't see it in the eye test either. Like, when you watch USC from year to year, you don't see, hey, this team's getting better. This team's improving. You know what I mean? People, <laughs> people forget about simply, the, like, the eye test. Like, yes, USC – USC should have a top 10 recruiting class based on name. I don't care what coach is in there. You know, that's one of those programs. You got, you know, LSU, Alabama, USC, Clemson, Georgia, Florida State, even Miami. Like certain teams should be able to recruit just off their name. Obviously, this, this, this generation, uh, this generation of kids now, they don't know some of these programs of how they used to be uh, – how uh, well they used to play on the field. But, you know, that's one of those teams who, okay, you step, you see, you see that uniform and you see, okay, 10 wins. If you watch them on tape, like nine times out of 10, they look way more athletic, a lot better than the team that they're facing. Oh, yeah. And it just hasn't, it hasn't looked like that under Clay Hilton. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't know why they haven't gone up to James Franklin. <laughs> like, how much money do you want, bro? Just give it to him. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that might be the problem of, from a monetary standpoint. I know they're not in as bad a shape financially as UCLA is. Um, UCLA can't afford to buy out coaches. So Chip Kelly, they just got to hope he gets it right. But it, even in that case, number one, if you get rid of Clay Hilton, pay his buyout, and hire James Franklin – you can reasonably expect in three or four years you're going to have the revenue to, to be able to cover any losses from that buyout because you're going to be competing for national titles. And so you have nobody else in the Pac-12 to beat but Oregon. All right? That's it. Um, now that Chris Peterson is gone from Washington. So you just got Oregon. And, and, you're, and, and it's not even a matter of – I heard people say – and you mentioned it. Like, oh, you know, kids these days, they don't really have the, the legacy or the, or the legend of, of USC. And I get that. I had to remember, like, you know, Reggie Bush was 15 years ago. Um, yeah. so, but, so USC has the history and prestige, but it's also still Los Angeles. And, exactly. And if I'm an 18 year old kid who is 
you know, six foot two, two ten. I want to go live in Los Angeles and play football in Los Angeles. The way Jerry Jones said, Los Angeles. There, I can think of very few places I want to spend my 18 and 22-year-old years yep. in Los Angeles. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you know yeah. a better place, let me know. So, I mean, other than if, if you, if, unless you're talking, um, shoot, where is University of Miami? Coral Gables, I think. Coral Gables, yeah. But it's, it's not Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a hike from South Beach. Yeah, that's it. So it's, yeah. <laughs> so th- you, they should be able to, they should be able to recruit one, just based off location, two, based off history and prestige, three, California, just so rich for not just California, but Southern California, the immediate vicinity of them. We're talking about LA County, Orange County, so on and so forth. But it, last year, I think their 2020 recruiting class finished 10th in the Pac-12, not 10th nationally, 10th oh in the God. schools that had better recruiting classes than them, Oregon State, Colorado. Stanford. I like David that should, Shaw. That should never happen. Ever. Never happen. Ever. I like David Shaw. David Shaw should never have a better recruiting class than USC. If I'm at USC. Um, and the fact that Oregon State is on there, I mean, I don't know how Clay Helton is still there. Basically, that's what I'm saying. James Franklin's going to win a national title. I think he's going to win, too. It's a matter of whether or not he does it in State College in Penn State, if he does it in Los Angeles at USC. Um, I, think, I think this season – and this might actually be a pretty good segue into our top 25. I think this season is going to tell a lot about where Franklin ends up because mm-hmm. if they're as good this year as I think they'll be, I think he's going to see Penn State as a place he's going to spend the next 10 or 15 years as opposed to jumping ship. Because Franklin, Franklin, to me, seems like a guy who's going to coach in college for, for 20 and 30 years and be settled there. He doesn't – and honestly, I say that because I think he can be good in the NFL – I think he has the personality he, he understands and is a leader of men. Um, I think he'll, he wouldn't have a difficult time adjusting to the differences in personalities in the NFL. Um, at the same time, by all indication, he seems like he's a guy who's comfortable at the college level. Uh, and so I think their success this season is going to you know, greatly, greatly determine you know, whether or not he sees that as a place he's going to be long-term um, or, or whether or not he jumps ship to a, to a better job. And there ain't many better jobs in Penn State. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, it's yeah, yeah. You have to compete with um, Ohio State, you know, Michigan, Michigan State. But dude, you're winning eleven games already. I mean, yeah. If you go to USC, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see him jumping ship. I think if he does jump ship, it's to the NFL first. Just to everybody, every coach in America wants to test the waters in the NFL. Got the itch, yeah. You, you got you thinking about it. Even Lincoln Riley, he hasn't gone yet. Oh, he's, he's gonna, gone. He's, he's going to yeah. go. He's gone. He's reached his ceiling at Oklahoma. He's because re- they they don't win playoff games. So winning the Big Twelve, which is obviously easy to them, <laughs> um, that's that's their peak. And you know you have to test the waters. You can always come back. But if you go to USC and fail which I don't think he will, but just saying, it's kind of harder to get, you know, back on the ball. Just like with, um, kind of like Taggart. <laughs> Taggart oh, had this trajectory up, peaked up, <laughs> didn't do anything at Florida State. Now he's at FAU, and I don't think he's going to ever be able to get another Power 5 job. I hope he does. I hope he does. You know, I hope he does, but that's just typically how it works. <laughs> 
That's is what he at FAU matter. or South Florida? He's at FAU. Oh my goodness. So he had. I mean, he can win there. Yeah. Lane Kiffin left him a lot of talent, but yeah. it's just a matter of you have people. First off, he's a 500 coach. You know, people view you for what you didn't do at Florida State. That's real. And you're always what your record says. <laughs> you're always – you are what your record says. In college football, yeah. In college football, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NFL, uh, NFL is kind of different. NFL a little choppy. Uh, but college football, definitely. Uh, no, I agree with you, man. I think uh, – I had a dark horse guy on here, and then we'll move to our top 25, Mike Norvell. Um, I root for Florida State football, too. But at the same time, I, I think Norvell is one of the, the better young coaches in the game. Uh, was a tremendous hire, you know, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. Uh, and then I think he's going to be able to navigate Tallahassee in a way that I'm not going to say Taggart wasn't uh, able to because you would think someone who went there would be able to. Um, but I, I think Norvell fits more into the mode of – and I hate saying this as a black guy, to be honest, about another black guy, and then saying that, oh, there's a there's a better fit. You know, this white guy's going to yeah, be. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just facts. Sometimes it, sometimes race ain't got nothing to do with anything. And, and I, Norvell just seems like a better fit from a head coaching perspective when you talk about cause Florida, what Florida State needs to compete annually with Clemson. This is where they've really fallen behind the last decade is facilities. Is, 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 is getting the money in that they need in order to attract these top recruits from Alabama, from Auburn, from Texas a and from Clemson. And, and I just think Mike Norvell, not only – I wouldn't even say he's going to be better. He just seems more interested and more polished in being able to have those types of conversations with boosters um, and, and attract a lot of these more – honestly, I want to say suburban guys yes. who play offensive line which yes. has been the issue for Florida State because – Since – and people, people think this is a, a, a recent thing. So Florida, Florida State won the title the, um, the uh, 2012 football season, 2013 football season. Their offensive line has been trashed since 2014. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just had guys like uh, uh, Jameis Winston and Dalvin Cook. When those guys left, you saw what mm-hmm. was real. <laughs> so, yeah. If you get those guys, Florida State has an offensive line issue, obviously. And they just they hired one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. Yeah. Like, he, he's – shoot. His, um, his guard, I think, guard or tackle, the guy got drafted in the fourth round from Charlotte. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> You're developing guys in, to, to fourth rounders at Charlotte. That's that. That's cool. It hasn't had football, I don't think, for ten years. Years. <laughs> so a fourth round pick in there. Just put a fourth round pick in there and in the trenches. Come on, man. So fits that problem. Obviously, he develops quarterbacks well. He develops receivers and skill position. He always has the best special teams. I like like we said like well like I said earlier. It's not just because we're Florida State fans. Like it just makes sense. And you're in the ACC. In ACC, which I think is going to be a whole lot better um, soon, but I agree with you. I think the only thing with Mike Norvell is, you know, if, if we expect him to be as good as we think he's going to be, um, does, is there going to be a more enticing school or offer out there? You know, is USC yeah. going to come along? Is UCLA finally going to get their stuff together and get out of financial hell? Um, 
and and bring in a good coach. Is is he going to be on Alabama's shortlist if if Dabo you know surprisingly turns him down? So I think I think that's the I think that's the question that I'm thinking when it comes to Norville. Yeah, that's 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 a good question. I think in order to leave, like with Jimbo, if they had the facilities, Jimbo would have never left. Oh, if, no. Well, not they didn't have to have them. They had to put them in development. Just be in the works, exactly. Just, and they were never in the works. So Jimbo, Jimbo was – I wasn't even mad at Jimbo. He was ahead of his time yeah. because Jimbo said, look, I'm winning, but Clemson – because Florida State won at a time where Georgia was down, Florida was down, yes. Miami was down. Yeah. Alabama is in the SEC, but, hey, I'm not worried about the SEC. Yeah. Clemson was, you know, mediocre to good. So those are the top <laughs> – that's 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 who you're recruiting against now. Back then, no. Hey, I'm I'm going to Florida State. I'm not going to these other schools. It was easy for him. He was doing that without facilities. Now Clemson is building up. Now mm-hmm. Georgia brings in Kirby Smart. They have the hype. Now Miami is, you know, they have the turnover chain and the facilities and the indoor, you know, practice facilities. So like, finally. Like you now you're competing with 18-year-olds saying, Man, that's that's pretty nice. Now you got to compete with that, and not just what he, what you've done on the field. And he knew that, but they didn't put it in the work. So hey, <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't be mad at Jim. I wasn't mad at Jimbo. I'm still not mad at Jimbo for a variety of reasons. One is like you mentioned, and he was he was he kept pushing and pushing for years with the administration. Pushing. Can we at least get an indoor practice facility? I just won you all a national championship. Can I get a redone weight room and locker room? They just weren't buying it. And, you know, to his credit, he saw it coming, actually. Um, You know, he saw what Clemson was doing. He saw what a lot of the other Power Five schools were doing. I think he saw what Ohio State was doing. It was like, look, for me to be able to compete, but particularly for me to be able to keep competing in this region, I need something. Um, And they didn't want to listen to him. So now it's their fault. But to that, to the second point, Texas A&M gave him $100 million, I think. Uh, 75. Something ridiculous. Do your thing, bro. Go get your money. I I ain't mad at you. Definitely because of that. (laughs) <laughs> but, granted, uh, Texas A&M has way more money than Florida State. Oh, yeah, that all but, money long. Bro. Yeah, yeah. That, and to that end, though, it's just I don't think he's even looking if that stuff is in the works. I don't, you just won a national title. You're you in Florida yeah. State. You're only competing with Clemson. Come on, man. Yeah. Why would you want to directly compete with Alabama, Auburn, LSU every year? Yeah. If they're not giving you $75 million. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think he knew he had reached his, his ceiling there because they were just adamant and not adamant about not investing. Um, yeah. And so it became a matter of, yeah, I got to go compete with, with Alabama and Auburn and LSU. But, I mean, it's an unlimited checkbook in College Station. Unlimited. So, you know, I can't complain about it. Um, let's get to the top 25, man. Uh, and we have – you know, quite a quite a few differences on here um, on a variety of on a variety of levels. So we're not going to go through uh, each team uh, in particular, but uh, the my twenty five. First, I'm going to go through my twenty five through fifteen, and then we'll rock through yours. So um, at twenty five, I got Indiana. They're coming off a pretty big season. Um, one of, probably one of their best in program history. Uh, twenty four Memphis, twenty three USC, twenty two Cincinnati, twenty one Michigan. Um, and at 20, I've got Central Florida. For me, I want to hone in there is on Michigan. Um, and 
you know, I think the biggest thing with the Wolverines is just, and look, like I'm a huge, I'm a huge um, Harbaugh fan. Any, anybody, you know, anybody you talk to knows I love his quirkiness. I love um, just, just the energy he brings. Uh, but as, as everyone knows, both from his 49er days, but also I think even going back to his Stanford days, he was there for a short amount of time. So I think it had, I think it had less time to really weigh on people. Um, but last year was year five for them. And, and I really thought, I really thought they were going to break through. Um, I had them actually winning the big 10. I had them making the, the college football playoff uh, and it just didn't happen. And, and, and the biggest, the biggest problem with Michigan has been not just losing to Ohio state. Cause that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. But the way in which they keep losing to Ohio state, because every time they play, you see these two teams are nowhere near close to each other. Um, and, and whether or not, obviously there's a huge talent gap because Ohio State keeps getting first and second rounders and Michigan keeps putting second, third, and fourth and fifth rounders. Um, and stars matter when you talk about high school recruiting, whether or not people want to know. That stuff is getting way more accurate just because you have way more data, way more film, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But I, I, I was on the Harbaugh train as recently as last year. As recently as last year, I was like, oh, this is the year. They're going to break through. They got Shea Patterson. It's the second year in the system. And, and they just flopped again. Yeah. And, you know, to their credit, you know, he's gone. He's won 10 games, three of his five years in Michigan. The other two years, eight and five. The other year, nine and four. Um, but, you know, that, that's, that's not good enough at Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can argue whether or not – and honestly, I think – and this is the reason why I have him 20th in, in my post-spring top 25 is that I think people really need to start recognizing and having the conversation around, you know what, Michigan really isn't the job it used to be. And they shouldn't be expected to be as good as they used to be. And the reason for that is just you can talk about all the, all the great programs in college football, I think with the exception of Oregon, have our, our hot spots for college recruiting. Um, you know, which you excuse Oregon out of there. They just, you know, print money and have great uniforms from field night. Um, and then, you know, you talk about Oklahoma, but I don't even really count them because they're in such close proximity to Texas. Yeah. You know, Michigan – Michigan used to be a place that recruit that produces a lot of football talent, but the major, you know, producing city of that talent, Detroit, has seen a massive population decrease in the last two decades. And I don't think that's a coincidence in that. I mean, you look at, and I'm I'm going to read this off and then shut up, but in 2008 until Jim Harbaugh got there, I'm going to read their record to you. Three and nine, five and seven, seven and six, 11 and two, eight and five, Seven and six, five and seven. Now you can blame that on Rich Rodriguez and and Brady Hoke, but Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in football. I don't care what anyone says. He won twelve games at Stanford. He he went to I think what three NFC title games. Went to a Super Bowl. So you cannot like him. You cannot like somebody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change how good they are at their craft. I just think this is Michigan, and 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 this is who they are. And then and well, I told you I was going to shut up, but I'll say one more thing. And, and this, to me, I think, is probably going to be a product of a lot of some of the – I don't want to say Big Ten also rants, but I also apply this to Nebraska. It's just like, you know, Scott Frost, I thought he was going to make a big jump last year. They didn't. But, you know, I would give Scott Frost another two, three, four years if I was Nebraska because if Scott Frost can't get you back to national prominence, you're not going back to national prominence. And some, we have to recognize some of these college jobs just aren't as good as we think they used to be. 
uh, for a variety of socioeconomic reasons, so on and so forth. And that's my strike. That's my gripe with Michigan. Um, I have I have Michigan a little bit higher, or yeah, a little bit higher. Actually, only well one spot higher. But uh, speaking of, let me talk about Michigan a little bit before I go into my uh, twenty-five, uh, twenty-five to twenty. So we just have to. We just have to make it known that Michigan, yes, what they're like the top five uh, winning its programs in college football history. Oh, yeah. But that's only because they've been doing it for so much longer than everybody else. 1920s and 30s, like, you had a head start. If, 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 we're, if we're being honest, Michigan is not – I don't want to disrespect them and say they're not a great program because they have so many wins, but – they're really not a great program, man. They're not Ohio State. They're not, you know, Alabama. They're not some of these programs because, you know, if, if, you, look, if you look at all, all of their seasons, man, even before Harbaugh, like you spoke about, um, spoke about Rich Rodriguez, uh, Brady Hoke. They're going five and seven. They have – both of those, I think both of those coaches had, you know, one great season, but then the real Michigan showed up. You know, they're nowhere close to Ohio State. Like, how do you have Mike D'Antonio, who doesn't get nearly as much talent as Michigan does, but, you you know, year in and year out, Michigan State is beating Michigan. You know, Ohio State is waxing <laughs> Michigan. So, you know, a lot of those, I mean, Michigan just is it they are a nine ten win team. Yep. Every single year. And that's not bad. That's okay. That's not, it's, the problem is people came in and expected Harbaugh to win a national title when Michigan doesn't win national titles. <laughs> right. So you have to you have to compare, okay. You have to create a coach and the program he's going to. What what did they do before? Because they they they've been mediocre for a while. Lord Lloyd Carr was a really good coach, but even his records, you know, they were always what like I said, nine ten, maybe your occasional eleven win team. But you know, that's just who they are. But, yeah. Um. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I agree with you. I mean, Lloyd, Lloyd Carr was a phenomenal coach, like you said. But, I, I mean, he had a stretch. I mean, he only won, you know, double-digit games, I think, six times. Um, See what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and they won a nat- – the last time they won a national title was 1997. I mean, it's – you know, I, I, think, I think people our age still think that was 10 years ago. Um, yeah, you're right. And and I- <laughs> if you were born yeah. in 1997, I think you're 23 now. Like, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, <laughs> and that's just that's just Michigan. So I think we just got to stop putting unrealistic expectations on you know these programs where we think are better than they are. That Michigan and and I'll get to Texas. They're the same program. We put unrealistic expectations on Texas. Look oh, at their history. Yes, we do. <laughs> Look at their history. They haven't won like we think they've won. Texas A&M, they haven't won like we think they've won. But, all right, let me get to my 25. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we, spoke about, um, we spoke about this guy a little bit earlier. Well, I think 
have a chance to have multiple national championships within the next 10 years. Have FSU at 25. And I put them at 25 just because um, looking at the talent coming back, they didn't lose a lot. Not saying that they were great, but returning starters matter. Uh, You have your your quarterback coming back. Um, You have another year with that offensive line uh, coming back. You have new coaches, but, you know, another, another year with that group. The defense was not that bad last year. Uh, the offense kind of, offense struggled in situations. And if you if you think about it, you had that Boise State close loss where they blew the lead. So that's one win. That, <laughs> that puts you at seven. The Virginia loss, they lost that lead late. They can put you at eight wins. And um, uh, the, even the bowl game, they should have won the bowl game. They had the lead. It's just, you know, late game, late game things, uh, late game situations, stuff happened. That was a, you know, not an 8, 9, 10 win roster, but they could have easily won 8, 9, 10 games last year. Oh, yeah. So just kind of if the ball bounced the other way. All right. I got Washington. Oh, you want to say something? Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I get frustrated with Florida State sometimes. So. I, I do too, man. And, <laughs> and it was – listen, I have to call my Florida friends, my, my Florida uh, friends that are uh, – my friends that are Florida fans, uh, my friends that are Miami fans, and ask them, like, dude, I'm not used to losing. How do y'all do this? <laughs> because this has been a rough three-year stretch, man. So I'm like, I, I don't – sometimes I don't even want to watch the game. Yeah, it's rough. But, anyways, I got Washington <laughs> at number 24. Uh, man, I okay. love – Jimmy Lake is one of my favorite coaches. Okay, okay. Like, look at – look at Washington DBs in the NFL. They're coached by Jimmy Lake. Oh, they have beast. one – they have two, at least two, every single year. Yeah. Every single year. They're, he literally said when he was the D.C., um, if he doesn't see pro potential in you, he doesn't even recruit you. Wow. So, and, and that's saying something coming from Washington because you're not getting four and five-star guys all the time. Yeah. So he's literally developing these guys. So when Chris Peterson decided to retire, I knew, even before I heard that Jimmy Late was going to be the guy, I said, man, Jimmy Late should, like, he will move into that spot and, like, they won't miss a beat. I don't think so. All right. They lose Jacob Eason, but – you know, they're in the Pac-12. They're going to find a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he never really looked as good as I expected him to look anyway. So. Me, me either. Um, I got Memphis at 23. So, Norvell's old team is at 23. I think they're still in good hands. Uh, the running back, I can't, I can't call his name right now, but the running back they have coming back is probably better than any running back. And Mike Norvell's put four running backs in the league. <laughs> it's better than any of those guys. Yeah. Um, since he at 22, man, Lou Fick, uh, Lou, Lou Fick was a, a great coach and I'm surprised. I'm surprised he, I, I think he's not, I think he's just waiting on the best job. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't he thought about Michigan State. Yeah, but I wouldn't go to Michigan. <laughs> I no, 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 no. I wouldn't either. I think he made the right decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, cause just wait for the next job, bro. And I think that's what Lane Kiffin did. Obviously, well, he had to go to FAU, but he was kind of waiting on the best job to come available. 
Yeah, you got excellent. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I got USC at 21. And I got we, – we feel the same about Scott Satterfield. I think he's a great coach. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I hate it that Florida State has to play them every year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're winning or competing for the ACC Atlantic, you know, in a few years. Me neither. I think as early as next year it might be possible. Yeah. Not saying they're going to – you know what? I, I will say that they're a team that I can see upsetting Clemson like every other year or every three years or something like that Oh yeah, because they're well coached. You know, I think, I think, I think Satterfield is such a phenomenal coach coming from Appalachian state is, you know, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll do one of these pods later as far as, you know, sleeping giants of college football programs. Cause all this stuff is cyclical. Like, you know, yep. nobody would have told you Clemson would be a dominant program a decade ago, so on and so forth. Um, Louisville would be near the top of that list because Kentucky produces more talent than most people think. You know, it's not on the par of any of the ones we talked about earlier, Georgia, Louisiana, so on and so forth. But, you know, you got guys there. Plus, you're close enough to North Carolina, Virginia, but then you're also close to Ohio. And so, you know, exactly. he's, he's got access to enough talent to be able to recruit. Um, and he yep. knows X's and O's. And now they're in, they're in the ACC, as they've been for quite a while. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think Louisville has aspirations to be uh, a top-tier football program which mm -hmm. I think is key to, you know, these programs going from, you know, good, occasionally good to consistently good, even maybe even great. Uh, I like Louisville. I got him at 18. But. Okay. Yeah, but that's my 20. Uh, well, that's my five, 20 through 25. Cool, cool. I'm going to read off my um, – I'm going to read off my nine through 19, and then we'll dive into – actually, one of these schools I want to talk about first is, uh, is Texas A&M, but uh, actually Texas A&M and Oklahoma. So – um, I got Tennessee at 19. I, I don't know how I feel about Jeremy Pruitt still, but they ended the year on a six-game win streak. I, I don't like him as a human being. I don't think most people like him as a human being. Um, but, you know, you can have a whole problem, Tennessee. Uh, Louisville, 18. Minnesota, 17. I love P.J. Fleck. I think he's one of the better younger coaches in the game. I think he's sleeping on a little bit of a gold mine there in Minnesota. Um, mm -hmm. If we talk about programs that can become elite, people think I'm crazy. I really do think Minnesota can get there. People are like, oh, it's cold. I mean. Yeah, it's cold so, in a lot of places. I mean, Ohio State. Um, <laughs> no, Ohio State is cold. Um, but the thing about Minnesota, again, is, you know, population continues to grow. Um, and then they're just going to continue, I think, to, to build out more native talent in the state. Uh, he can coach football. He knows X's and O's. They just built that new stadium there. I mean, it's about a decade old. But they've shown, you know, historically, recently, um, the ability to want to invest, you know. And then also, and, and this can be a different pot too, it should be, but you're going to start seeing a much larger separation in Big Ten and SEC schools from the other Power Five conferences because the Big Ten produces money right on par with the SEC. Um, yep. You know, they don't have the multitude of programs that the SEC has, but Ohio State, Penn State, pound for pound, I mean, they can roll with Alabama and Auburn and LSU from an investment standpoint. Anyway, I think Minnesota might join that discussion. I got Oklahoma State at 16. They bring a lot of guys back. I was very surprised to see Chuba Hubbard come back. I'm excited yeah, about too. that. And they, they return a lot of production from last year. I forget where they are in S&P Plus as far as uh, in Bill Connolly's return in production, but they're pretty high, especially for a Power 5 team. Uh, Notre Dame at 15. I like Ian Book. Notre Dame is not ever going to – not ever. Never's a long time. They're not <laughs> going to compete for national titles anytime They're soon. not. They're not. I, I don't like Brian Kelly. But top 15, 20 program, every now and then they'll sneak into the top 10. 
every five or six years or sneak into the top four off, off brand name and get blown out by who by somebody in college football playoff. That's fine. Yep. Um, yep. And then my, the next ones get pretty interesting to me. 13, I got Texas. 12, I got Oklahoma. 11, Wisconsin. 10, LSU. 9, A&M. Kelly, let's get you a 19 through 9, and then we got a few of those I want to hop into a little bit closer. All right, 19, I got um, the Jim Harbaugh's. <laughs> fighting Harbaugh's. Uh, yeah, fighting Harbaugh's. Uh, 18, I have OK State. Man, I, like you said, Chuba Hubbard, uh, I was surprised he came back. <clears throat> but uh, a lot of production coming back. At 17, I have Tennessee. That win streak at the end, like, like coming from a former player and now a coach, winning streaks carry over into the offseason. Like momentum as far as, as, far as um, in, oh, in college yeah. football, momentum in recruiting. They signed 11 four or five stars in the past two weeks. Yo, he 11. is them up. So I don't know what – huh? Hey. <laughs> I think everybody's doing a little bit of cheating, so. <laughs> I'm not mad at him, though. Whatever, whatever he's doing, it, it has to – some of that selling pitch is, hey, you saw what we did last season? Nobody expected them to win six games. I did. And, hey, not a lot of people expect – I mean, I feel like you can win – you're at Tennessee, you can win six. You can beat Ole Miss, Arkansas. You can win your, your two out-of-conference games. That's, come on, that's four already. Yeah, they should always win. Yeah, you're going to win at least six. But, you know, uh, yeah, a lot of production coming back. A lot of people don't like Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, I was mad he le- <laughs> I'm still mad he left uh, FSU. He was too busy in the uh, <laughs> sorority houses, as I've been told. <laughs> but, Bruh. hey, anyways, we haven't had a great defense since then. But <laughs> but yeah, got Tennessee at seventeen. I got A and M at sixteen. Kellen uh, Kellen Mons coming back. Um, he's solid. And this is my my thing with A and M, and and the reason why I'm not. There's a couple reasons why I'm not high on them. Why you have Auburn's better. Auburn's better. For, this is this is this is number one. Auburn's better. LSU's better. Alabama's better. Yes, you can sneak up and win one of those. You're not winning all three. And, you know, for one, um, you don't have great quarterback play. Kellen Mons has been too inconsistent for me. You're going to get a top five recruiting class every year. But if you don't have great quarterback play, you're not going to be Alabama for sure. You're not going to be LSU or Auburn in at, at those places. And he's shown that, he hasn't been able to get it done. This is only year two. Uh, I'm, I'm beginning to – I think I had a, a, a mini argument on Facebook with a Michigan guy. He asked me why I was always uh, uh, getting on Harbaugh. Well, I'm not getting on Harbaugh. I'm just, you know, this is what his record is. He can't beat Ohio State, which is what he was there – he's brought there to do. To do. <laughs> and that's not on me. I'm just pointing out the obvious. And he says, so why don't you get on Jimbo? I said the only reason I'm not getting on Jimbo is because he's only in year two. Now, if he goes to year three and they go seven and five, seven and six again, then, then you're thinking, okay, when is he going to do anything? Because Kellen Mond, I think, is a rising senior. You're bringing a new quarterback. You're thinking, well, can he do it? <laughs> now, if, no. if he does it, if he does it, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying win national title. I'm just saying – 
you know, compete for the SEC West. Yeah, you got to you got to compete to get to Atlanta. You can't you be out of it before the last week. Exactly. He's not competing for the uh, for the uh, division. So that's uh, you brought up with Auburn and Gus Malzahn until they until he shows you, then you don't believe it. That's me with A and M. Like, so you show me you can do it at A and M. You know, I'm not gonna believe you can do it because a seven, another set, a eight win season at A and M this year is nothing. That's not what they're expecting. Because the eight win season, that means you lost against LSU, Auburn, and uh, Alabama. <laughs> you beat everybody else. So I have them at have UNC. Man, I'm I hate UNC just because Sam Howell decommitted from Florida State and went to UNC. <laughs> and I knew he was good last year. What he Last year, I knew what was going to happen. I knew he was that good. So I'm pretty salty about that. But I'm still high on UNC. They're at 15. Wisconsin at 14. Uh, the Brian Kelly's at 13. Um, I have Texas at 12. <laughs> I have Texas at 12, even though I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about what they did last year, you know, how they ended the season, uh, recruiting and things like that. I don't, I don't have high expectations for them, but they, sh- they should be at about 12 right here. Uh, Minnesota is, is at 11. Um, other than Mike Norvell for Florida State, I would have wanted P.J. Fleck. Those are the only two guys I wanted. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, 10, I have Florida. All right. Uh, Kyle Trask is likely to be the starter again. I don't think Emory Jones takes his spot. Uh, just because, dude, you, you haven't done anything. <laughs> uh, but Kyle Trask is solid. I think, though, that – from what I've seen in games, uh, I think he's going to regress this year. I'm not not Felipe really? Frank's regress. I, I I don't I I don't think like he he was really really good last year. I'm a big Cal Trask fan, as I, you can see from my top five. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, he was really good last year. I just don't think you just don't come out of nowhere like that, in my opinion, and just. I, 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 I don't see him repeating that year. The repeat, I don't see him repeating the year Joe that Burrow he had did. last year. Huh? That's what Joe Burrow did. Joe Burrow, you're right. But we saw we saw Joe Burrow was more so um, – um, uh, what's the OC name? Joe Brady. Yeah. It was more, so, it was more so Joe Brady the talent, and the talent he had around him. With Kyle Trask – and watching the offense, it's a lot of screen here, screen here, slant here, slant here. Not a lot of quick decision-making. Not a lot of, you know, I'm throwing guys open. It's the kind of, okay, this guy's wide open. That's, what, that's just what I saw. That's just what I saw last year. But, you know, they could surprise me. And I have LSU at nine. Okay. Okay. I, I, that, that's fair. That's fair. Um... So yeah, I we I think we had our biggest discrepancy uh, with Texas A&M. So you've got them <laughs> at sixteen. I've got A&M at nine. Um, I, I think there are a lot of uh, variables, in fact, and variables to be determined at, at Texas mm-hmm. A&M. But where where I fall on them is one. I'm still waiting on Kellerman to make a bit of a jump too. Um, 
if it's if it's not gonna happen this year, it's never gonna happen because he's not gonna be back. He's about to graduate. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I think at a certain point, the 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 ridiculously high recruiting classes start to pay dividends, not necessarily from a individual production standpoint, but from a all right, Kellen, your supporting cast now is developed and so much more talented than it has been that this yeah. is going to finally bear some fruit. 2018, they had the 17th ranked recruiting class. 2019, fourth. 2020, sixth. Uh, at, at, at a certain point, I would like to think that starts, uh, like, you know, turning into competition at the top of the, at the SEC West. So mm-hmm. I got them at number nine. I think Kellen Monty is going to make a jump. Um, and then I, I think uh, I think Jimbo. I just expect that third year bump from him. To be totally honest. Now, and I said this before. It's the same thing with Gus Malzahn. Like you always talk about the schedule in the SEC West, and that's very true. But again, LSU just won a national title. Nick Saban keeps winning national titles. Um, you know, Auburn at least played for a national title uh, last decade. So you know, at a certain point, is 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 Bender break for A and M? Now I don't think he's going anywhere because they owe him so much money. But then yeah, again, yeah. money's not an issue at Texas A and M. Like they should, they should have their own federal reserve and just call it the Texas reserve because they can just print money. Um, so I'm a little bit higher on AM. and uh, Let's reach a little bit because I had Oklahoma at 12. You have them at eight. And then I have Texas at 13. You have them at 12. So, so pretty similar there. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Oklahoma uh, this year. And, and I know they keep producing, you know, quality Heisman level quarterbacks. I think, and I mentioned this earlier, I think Lincoln Riley has peaked at Oklahoma, not because of Lincoln Riley, but because, yeah. and we got a, you know, we got a, we got a good, a good, a good brother who's a huge Oklahoma fan. Um, <laughs> and, and I think he thinks I always talk bad about Oklahoma because I don't like him. I don't have anything to dislike about Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. I've never been to Oklahoma. You know, I don't have anything. I don't have a reason to dislike the Sooners. The, the problem is, and I knew they were going to get destroyed by LSU, just like oh, yeah. I knew they were going to get destroyed by Alabama last year. Yep. They have, they, they can go pound for pound with anybody in the country from a skilled player perspective, their issue is they cannot compete with Alabama, LSU, or Ohio State in the trenches. Um, They can't compete with Penn State in the trenches. They can't compete with Clemson. They can't compete with the programs, the top-tier programs in this nation in the trenches. And that's always going to be the difference when when you come, when you try to win a college football playoff game. Um, And so I think, you know, I don't know if there wasn't a job available in the NFL this season that he wanted to take. And maybe he said, you know, I'm going to hold out. Um, and, and I thought he was going to end up in Dallas. Maybe that courtship, you know, didn't go the way he wanted. Lincoln probably wanted a little more control than Jerry was willing to give him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is the year things bottom out for him in Oklahoma. And by bottom out, I'm talking about 12, right? I mean, they're still going to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. They're still going to win nine, 10 games. Um, but yeah. as far as them competing for the playoff again this year, I, I, I just don't see it for, for a variety of reasons. And they, and they lose a lot of talent from last year as well. So. Yeah, I think uh, what Spencer Spencer Rattler is going to be a quarterback. Uh, I have them this high simply because, and we're talking about preseason rankings. Um, last year's recruiting class, where did they finish? Look it up, look it up for me, right quick. Um, last year's recruiting class, um, along with, you know, they're in the Big Twelve. Simply because it's the Big Twelve. It's the they Big finished Twelve. Ninth, but they Texas finished, ninth. finished third. So it's Texas. <laughs> I, I have no expectations for this. But um, 
Yeah, so they, they had a ninth, uh, ninth ranked recruiting class. Uh, they have this five-star recru- uh, quarterback who's just been groomed behind, what, Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so you got I'm, – I'm assuming, you know, not that caliber good, but he's going to be pretty good just because it's Lincoln, Lincoln Riley's uh, offense. I think Jaden uh, Hazelwood is the next star wide receiver at Oklahoma. Uh, literally, the Big 12, man. They're going to be – they're going to trounce everybody not named Texas. Like, I, in, that, in, that, in that conference. So, now, do I think they're going to be in the college football playoff? No. Not saying that. <laughs> I have – like, this is the year, like you said, they bottom out, and bottom out is 9-10 wins. So, yeah, that's the bottom for Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to go, you know, 5-7. and seven. No, they're not, it's too much talent, and not enough talent in the Big 12 for them to go – now, here's why I have them lower. I have them lower because they, 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 they don't open with Tennessee. They play Tennessee second week of the season. Now, it's at home. Now, do I see Tennessee winning that game? I don't know. But, you know, if I have to do a preseason, you know, preview, which I will, and which we, you know, go through every – I go game by game and, you know, pick win-loss toss-up. I'm not sure I'm willing to put that as a loss for Tennessee. That might be a toss-up right now. Um. I think Baylor's going to take a big dip, but obviously they get the, the annual date with Texas at the Cotton Bowl. For me, the reason why I have them lower is the week after Texas, they go at Iowa State. Um, that's, that's a huge trap game for me. Mm-hmm. Matt Campbell always has his boys ready to play. And then they've got a stretch on Halloween and then the week after where they go at TCU and at West Virginia back-to-back, you know, with a, with a, with a younger quarterback. And I know Spencer's not new to this, but – he also hasn't made any starts yet. You know, yep. you're asking him to go to Iowa State the week after Texas, and then you're going to ask him to go at TCU at West Virginia the week after Bedlam. I, I, I think they can easily lose two out of those two out of three of those games, if not all three. That's why I got them a little bit lower. But it's still okay, a yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's chop it up about our top tier. I'm gonna read them off real quick. So um, I have ooh, voice going crazy. Uh, I got Auburn at number eight, Oregon at seven, six Clemson. I got Florida at number five. You rounded out LSU at nine, Oklahoma at eight, who we talked about. We both have Oregon at seven. You got Auburn at six. Um, and then you have Penn State at five. So your top four, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama. Yep. My top four, Georgia, Alabama, Penn State, Ohio State. Um, we talked about Florida already. I'm a big Cal Trash fan. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to make I think they're going to make a pretty heavy leap this season. The biggest discrepancy is, I think you've got Clemson at two. I've got Clemson at six. Tell me why you're so high on the Tigers. Um, <coughs> I think uh, for one in the ACC, <laughs> ACC. So conference alone is going to put them a little bit higher. They're going to win. They win ten games simply by being in that conference. Um, so. Uh, they're going to be in the college football playoff again. They have Trevor Lawrence, which I don't think – I don't see him struggling early as he did last year. His sophomore year is pro- – his sophomore year, which was last year, is going to be his worst year. And that was a pretty good year. He struggled early because defenses was like, okay, we're going to throw everything, these different things at this kid because, you know, he's a he's – a, He's a brand new starter. He started, he didn't start the season his freshman year. Um, so new starter. Um, you know, 
he struggled a little bit early, came on late. The talent is is always – the defense is always going to be uh, reloading. They still have Justin Ross coming back. They still have Travis Etienne, which is probably the best back in the country coming back. You still have a loaded offense. So I think, you know, they still – they're still one of the contenders for the national championship. And I see you have them at six. Yeah, you have them at six. Like yeah. there's there's no way I think Florida or I, I I honestly if you I'll give you Ohio State, Penn State, Alabama, and Georgia. I don't give you Florida though. Come on, man. <laughs> Why does everybody hate Florida? I don't even well, I hate Florida because it's Florida State. I'm a Florida State fan. Well, but yeah. other but but I'm saying other than that, it's it's the eye test thing we talked about, man. I, I never went into a big game, watching a big game in Florida, and was like, you know that way? They're just so much better than that other team. Like, I just didn't see it. So, and, and, and that's kind of clouding my judgment right there. But you're going to say that this year, though. I'm no. telling you. You're going to say that this year. I'm telling you. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> I don't see it, man. <laughs> but, hey, they, they may prove me wrong. I hope not, but we'll see. So I'm I'm big on Florida one because um, their 2019 recruiting class I think was nice. Dan Mullen keeps recruiting. Um, two, I, I think Dan Mullen is one of the best coaches in the country. Um, and if, if if it weren't for time, we had a much larger list um, on you know coaches who you know most likely to win two coach two coaches two titles this decade. Dan Mullen would have been fourth. Um, and he spent. So, I mean, I think people forget this guy had Mississippi State. Yeah. Oh no. Is Number good one. Coach? Yes. Number one. Yes. And you can say, oh, they had Dak Prescott that he somebody Vegas. had somebody had to recruit him. Somebody yep. had to coach him. And somebody had to build that that offensive and defensive line. Them boys put some dogs in the NFL yep. um, <clears throat> under him continuously. And then we always talk bad about Florida. And I do the same thing, but his first year at Florida, 10 and 3. Yep. Last year, 11 and 2. Peach Bowl the first year, Orange Bowl the second year. This is they 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 are making a quantifiable leap this year, and I want everybody to keep sleeping on them because whenever I can fly again, I'm going to Vegas and I'm putting money down on them to make the playoff and win the SEC. I was I, my only thing. The only thing I, I have to say with that, with everything you just said, is the SEC least. There's no other good. There's only one other good team in SEC East. And that's Georgia. But if that's you lose a big against, part of this. I, I, if you lose against Georgia, you're still technically in the hunt. So that's my, that's my thing with Florida. You're not you're you're the second best team in your division, <laughs> and I don't think it's close. They're not that. They're not that I, much worse than Georgia talent wise. I'm not talking about talent. I'm just talking. Look at the scores from the past years, man. Those well, games. Yes. I'm just talking about those. I'm just talking about the games. Those games aren't even close. Hey, I'll, I'll give you that. A big part of the reason I have Florida five is because of the schedule. Um, because Who LSU. They, got LSU. they play LSU every year. They got LSU at home, though. Okay. Um, LSU that might be loses, a W. Loses a lot. I think they're going to win that game. I wouldn't even put that as a toss-up. They should win that game. They should. Um, and they get Georgia after a bye week, which I think is traditional. They mm-hmm. shouldn't lose anybody else on the schedule. Georgia's should, the they, only they game should. on here they should they – should, you know, not compete with. It's college football. So, you know, they're yeah, going to yeah. have a game here or there. But 
I look at this schedule. I don't see why any. I shouldn't get people attacking me if I think they're going twelve and up. I, no, I see it. You shouldn't, but that is it's the same thing. Florida and Georgia are the same but different. So Georgia has much higher expectations because of how they've been recruiting and how close they've been, but they always lose this meaningless game to an inferior opponent, you know, like South Carolina last year. That's Georgia. You know, Florida, they don't do it. They actually lose to somebody good. They just don't look great during the season. So they're literally – they're the same team, but they, <laughs> they're different. See what I'm saying? So I hear you. I hear you. It's just – I don't know. It, we'll just have to let, hey, this, <laughs> let it play out. <laughs> I, I think they get over the hump this year, man, because that, that's a good point. They don't, they don't lose games they should win. They and don't. I they think that's – It'll be close. They'll have a close game. They're losing the fourth against Kentucky or Tennessee, but they come back and win those games. So right. I will – I will give you that. And they're not Georgia in that regard. You know, at a certain point, well, and a big part of this is schedule one, too. I'm a big Cal Trash fan here. So yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, let's round this out, man, really quick. Let's talk about some of the power, power, power programs in college football. Um, it absolutely pained me to put Georgia number one. And I went, I went back and forth between Georgia and Alabama as one, two. Um, we talked about Clemson already. I got Penn State at three and Ohio State at four. I have Penn State ahead of Ohio State for a lot of the reasons we talked about in the segment where we gave James Franklin a lot of love. Michael Parsons mm-hmm. might be the best overall player in the country. Um, I, I I might honestly have them two or one if K.J. Hamler would have came back. I think he's that good. He's that explosive mm-hmm. that, you know, that's a playmaker in late games against Ohio State, Michigan State, whatever who can really change the game. Um, so that dropped them down a couple of points for me. I think you're going to see big improvement from Sean Clifford. Franklin and his guys have been recruiting their tails off. I think this is the year they finally break through um, and, and, and get, to, get to the playoff. And they get Ohio State at home, I think, which is, which is, uh, which is big for them. And also, Michigan State's going to be down. Um, yep. Michigan is Michigan. They are who we, who we, who we thought they were at this point. Um, I'm, for me – you know, talking about one-two with Georgia and Alabama, I I would have Alabama actually maybe a little bit lower had Tua finished out the year, but I think the the difference maker here is is a blessing in disguise. Not a blessing in disguise. Never a blessing. Somebody gets hurt. When you're looking at their 2020 outlook, Mac Jones being able to have those late season starts, I think prepares him to be a whole lot more successful um, early on this season than he might have been previously. Now, two pick sixes in the Iron Bowl are hard to forget. But yeah. I think you, you see what that kid is, make, is made of mm-hmm. each time they went back out. I mean, you know, when, 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 you're, when you're a young guy and you throw two pick sixes on the road in the Iron Bowl, that can rattle you. And, they still could have won that game. And they still could have won that game. And anybody who watched that game saw after both those pick sixes, every time he went back out there, that, it's like it didn't phase him. It's like it didn't phase him. It's like, all right, cool, let's go. Let's go back down the field. Um, and that's just a level of moxie I think you got to have if you're going to be an SEC quarterback. Um, and so I, I, I like Mac Jones at two. I mean, with Alabama at two, you know, for that reason. And obviously they just reload. You know, some teams, some teams rebuild, some, some reload. Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, they just reload. It, it pained me to put Georgia number one. Um, <laughs> I am an unapologetic Georgia football hater. I uh, can't stand them. They haven't won a national title since Jimmy Carter was president, and I, I love – 
reminding people of this every opportunity. But the the key for me is one, Jamie Newman was a big pickup from Wake Forest. Who had a who had a, a very great season under the radar. Um and then two to win a national title means you need to win the SECs, which means you need to win the SEC. And to do all those things, you need to beat Alabama. And Alabama has always struggled under Nick Saban with dual threat quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And if you put Georgia and Alabama down on paper, talent wise, it's pretty the same. Pretty the same. You can even, you can even argue Georgia's had better roster Mm -hmm. past couple seasons to be totally honest. Now it's close, but you know, I think, and so for me, it comes down to, do I want Jamie Newman or do I want Matt Jones? Now, right now, I want Jamie Newman. Now, when we talk about this and go in depth in August, it might be Matt Jones because of, because of what I saw from Matt Jones in the Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, Jamie Newman is talented. He's great. Jamie Newman ain't played in front of 100,000 people yet. Yep. Um, you just don't play the same games at Wake Forest that you're going to play at Georgia. Uh, and they have to go to Alabama. So this is going to be a struggle for me continuously, um, probably until we get to start the season. But right now I got Georgia one uh, and Alabama two, primarily because of the quarterback position. Yeah, I have, um, I have Georgia ahead of Alabama too, but I have Alabama at four. Um, man, they, lo- they lose a lot. They lose their top uh, receivers. Uh, granted, you know, Said it's Alabama. <laughs> they still have two receivers that'll go top twenty next year. Uh, they have probably the one of the best running backs in the country, and they're going to reload on defense. Uh, I'm just interested to see. It's that film thing now. Yeah, now teams have um, film on Matt Jones. So how is he going to progress? We'll see. All right, Georgia. Jamie Newman was probably the biggest pickup of the offseason. Just because literally. What, how, how has Georgia lost games? They don't have a difference, difference maker at quarterback. No play, exactly. Not a, you have a solid quarterback. You need a difference maker at quarterback to win a national title. Jamie Newman is that guy. All right. I have Clemson at number two. I have Ohio State at number one. Ohio State is just going to reload, man. Justin Fields probably, you know, probably going to win the Heisman next year. Um, in any other year, he probably would have won it last year. I don't know. <laughs> He's going to put up similar numbers. He's going to beat Michigan, of course. He's going to duel it out <laughs> with Penn State. Uh, and, they, man, that talent is ridiculous. And if we know anything, Ohio State is going to always have a great defense. Always. So they're going to be right there in the college football title. So I have Ohio State one, Clemson two, UGA three, Alabama four. Yeah, I'm going to look for any excuse to take Georgia down from one because this, this doesn't sit well within my soul. Uh, I, I, I would say I thought about them. The reason why I didn't put them, I thought about putting them at one or two, but that experience at wideout, I don't care. You got, you got a new quarterback and you have inexperienced wideouts. So you saw what happened at the end where um, uh, Jake Fromm struggled because all of the, the wideouts were hurt. Yeah. Now they're not, not only that they're hurt, they're not hurt, they're just gone now. He has George Pickens and Blaylock is going to be returning uh, from an ACL injury. But it's just new guys, man. You got a new OC. They're going air raid. They have to adjust the current players who are not made for that system, you know. So that's, that's going to be an, an adjustment. Yeah, they're talented, but still, systems take time. That's true. And, and honestly, if, if I do make a change between now and 
September, which is, you know, nine and a half percent likely. That'll be one of the big reasons why, because they didn't have spring ball. Exactly. If they had spring ball, this might be different, but they didn't have spring ball. Who knows? Let's assume it's going to be a season. But even if there's a season, who knows when they have fall camp? I mean, they might tell these guys, you can't come back here until, you know, three weeks before the season. Like you get just enough time to be able to play football for a set, you know, so it's safe, but the, you know, no program is going to have the same amount of time to instill new plays and new systems as they've had in previous years. So I get, I, I, I get it. I get it. I think for me, the biggest thing is I, I think I'm, I think I'm a little, maybe I'm too high on Jamie Newman, to be honest. I actually thought Newman was going to have a chance to be a first round pick if he came out this year. Um, and so I, I, I expect that trajectory to continue, but um, I'm looking for any reason to take them off. That that that'll bring great joy to my heart. So I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> All right, Kelly. Well, thanks for joining me today, man. We're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Um, big cow trash fan here. Look out for Florida. Go put some <laughs> money down in the books. Uh, it's All Twenty Two podcast. Fred Curtis, Kelly Dossie. We'll be dropping these rankings and writing actually over at Relentless Love. So check out uh, check that out. Look out for a blog post. Follow us on Twitter at Relent.Love. Um, join our Facebook group. It's Relentless Love. Uh, like, share, follow the podcast, let your friends know. Uh, we'll be dropping new content weekly. Y'all come back next week.